Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stelvio Chronicles. I'm Sean Smith and I'm joined by my usual co-hosts, Sam Green. Hello. Christopher Strickland. Good afternoon. And Alistair Walker. Greeting humanoid life forms. I would have put Alistair first, but uh, we've had a little argument recently, which uh, it's funny enough on the, to do with this topic. Um, right, what so the gentlemen, topic? the topic, Christopher Strickland, is yeah. Porsche, small German company. Just a small one. Yeah, just a small one. Um, and we're going to be discussing something they're quite famous for, which is Le Mans Endurance Racing. And we're going to be discussing the uh, 919 and then also the current evaluation of the LMDH rule set, which is going to come in whenever this virus stops happening. So possibly in the year 2055. Anyway, so timer is set. We are now limited on, on things, so we have to stay on topic. Let's discuss. Who wants to kick us off? I will. Well, so, essentially, Porsche are looking into the possibility of entering World Endurance slash IMSA in the LMDH category. Um, now, obviously, personally, I think that's good because it means Porsche will be back doing top-level endurance racing. Oh, but is it top-level, though? Uh, well, this is where I think Alistair and Chris... Uh, not Chris, Sean, will come in uh, and uh, discuss this at length. <laughs> but that's why I'm taking over this part to try and get through this bit a little bit faster. Uh, oh, so, Sam, should me and you get our comments out of the way and then we'll just leave it to them? <laughs> then we can leave it to them. Yeah, I think, yeah. From a pure fan's point of view, I would like to see Porsche challenging at Le Mans. Uh, if that I'm means dead. they... Sorry, Chris. No, no, if go that on. means that they end up coming back on a slightly shoestring, not a shoestring budget because it's still going to be massive, but less of a budget. And that means that rather than develop their own hypercar, they do LMDH instead. I'm absolutely fine with that. I, I, I'm the same. But I would want them to be more... I'd want it to be a Porsche. I want it I'd to, like be... It to be a Porsche, but yeah, yeah, no, no. I, what I mean by that is it's not something else that's badged as a Porsche just because it's got a Porsche engine and it's got some Porsche stickers on it. I'd want it to be developed, designed, and created by Porsche or on Porsche's behalf, but with Porsche um, input. So if so it I'd was want it to be a well and true Porsche from the ground up, similar to like Haas do in Formula One, where it's a Dallara chassis, but they only make it for Haas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not the Ferrari bit, but that the the Delara chassis that's actually a um, commissioned by Haas. Yeah, that I think still has Haas employees involved. No, I think it does in the design stage, doesn't it? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but back to sports cars. Um, yeah, that's not yeah. been a terribly uncommon approach in the past of sports car racing. So the early Audi R8s in the late nineties were. The open top one was designed in collaboration with Delara. And I actually think the closed top one was designed in collaboration with another company who I can't remember off the top of my head. But they're the same ones that later did the chassis for the Bentley Speed 8. They were cool cars. I like them. Before that even, my favourite Ferrari, the Triple Three SP, also a Delara. Yeah, Delaras tend to get around. Not in the current LMP2 the... category, it seems, where about three <laughs> people bought them. 
But yeah, so Sean, your thoughts? Yes, mate. Please, I think <laughs> I think Porsche have a lot to answer for for why LMDH exists because because if Volkswagen Audi Group hadn't had the Dieselgate scandal, Audi and Porsche probably in some form or another would likely still be racing at Le Mans today. And we'd equally, still have LMP1. Equally, can we really blame Porsche and to a certain extent Audi's LMP1 department for Dieselgate? I disagree Absolutely not. with that. Absolutely they not. Kind of, they forced their hand. They had to stop because of the political pressure and the lack of funds from the parent company. Um, and I equally, I think actually, if they were still racing, do we would they be going into hyper? I think they probably would. I think that it would either be hyper or they'd have something they'd have something else. They'd have something relevant to the WEC. Rather than WEC having to go cap in hand to IMSA to say, please give us some cars, we haven't got any. Yeah, and I think so I don't think LMDH existing sort of you can attribute to Audi Porsche I think that if anything has more to do with a lot of other manufacturers but I do think admittedly it coming into the WEC has something to do with it LMDH LMDH is very much obviously a derivative of DPI and DPI while very different cars they're very much in concept a derivative of the Daytona prototypes that we first saw in 2006. They're designed to be a low effort, high return on the part of the manufacturer. So yeah, like the Corvette, or they're not Corvette anymore, are they? In Daytona, they're Cadillac DPIs. Yep. They have Cadillac badges, some lights that match a couple of the Cadillac road cars, <laughs> and a GM engine. And then the chassis, I believe, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Delara. Is it a Delara? I thought yeah. it was the Orica. The Cad- I think that's just because everyone in no, LMP2 Caddy- buys the Orica. <laughs> no, the Caddy is the Delara. Okay, so it's the one successful Delara chassis. <laughs> but yeah, General Motors have not done, to my knowledge, any work... Well, they've definitely not done any work in the tub. That is Delara. And as far as mm-hmm. I know, all the suspension components, stuff like that, is the same specification that you would find if you went out with a rather large amount of money to Delara and bought a Delara LMP2 car. Essentially, they just add their bodywork and their engine, which, which makes it faster than an LMP2 car. Yeah, I think basically because... they've not got as much restriction on how much power the engine can produce. Because I think those chassis are very capable chassis, the current gen LMP2 chassis. Well, of course they but... are. They're, they're basically the same as LMP1 cars. The Rebellion is the same as an LMP2 car, just with a bored-out engine. Yeah. I think that was... Yeah, so if we, if we re, if they were renamed, not... Uh, if, they re, if they kept LMP1, for example, and renamed that, would you be fine with that then? If the manufacturers in LMP1, like Toyota are currently, kind of went gravitated into hypercar, 
but then we mm. had the LMDH as the privateers. Well, this is would that no, be this fine? is no. the problem. LMDH no, is designed for manufacturers, and hypercar is designed for manufacturers, but they're designed for manufacturers who are looking for different things. LMDH yeah. is designed for manufacturers who are after. A yeah, quick buck. they're after easy return on investment. So they're also. It's a cheaper way to get in, and it makes it easier to have manufacturers in. It was a point I heard brought up by Radio Lamar. Is the budgets involved in a DPI program? Uh, basically, they're within the realms that a regional marketing budget will cover them. So Mazda, for instance, we all know them in the DPI, don't have the involvement, to my knowledge, of Mazda in Japan. That car is funded by Mazda North America. It's not had... There's probably some... Sorry. Yeah, I think there's some involved, but it's not... They, pro- they probably get them to, like, basically the science off to say, can we use the badge? Yeah. Yes. But it's cool. not getting direct budget from no, the head office. Toyota. Yeah. Unlike the Toyota LMP1 program or the Porsche LMP1 program, which very much was. Yeah. It's not like when Mazda DPI win a race, it's not then fed back to, I think Mazda's based in near Hiroshima. It's not yeah, it fed is, back yeah, to Hiroshima. It's near Hiroshima, and they all sort of celebrate that they've won a race. You know, they probably do. They, mm, they probably, they probably, I don't, they, care. I don't I've, Why wouldn't they? It's their, it's their badge winning in North America, big market, great. Of course, you want to celebrate it. Might, it. Like, but yeah, they might get like a note on weekly update, but yeah, they get they'll, they'll get a bulletin. Yeah, it'll just say we won. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Back to Al's point. That's what Mazda and the North American teams have been trying to do in over there. As I think we're going to tell again, obviously correct me if I'm wrong. Le Mans, as in WEC, that's much more for we want to use this as, as a development tool rather than a marketing tool for our cars. Yeah, it's a case of both, I think. The manufacturers want to use it to market to a global audience. But generally, yes, they're also using it as development. So we look back a couple of years ago and we had say Toyota, Porsche, Audi with three mm-hmm. substantially different cars because we had a naturally aspirated yeah. V8 sat in the Toyota with I think a super capacitor mm-hmm. hybrid system. We had a diesel yep. sat in the Audi with I believe a hybrid uh, flywheel hybrid system and then we had a initially Porsche least, yes. that had a single turbo v4 they were very very different cars and they shared yeah and batteries and they shared they nothing batteries. under the skin and no admittedly hypercar is designed to be cheaper and less intensive on resources than those lmp1 cars were but the way they're mm. aiming to do that seems to be by mixing elements of the old GT1 slash GTP regulations from about 1998, 1999. Which is what spawned yeah. LMP1. <laughs> and enough. elements of the current GTE rules with some balanced performance elements into that. 
Whereas, say, with Hypercar, you're still having to develop a car to run in the series, whether it be derived from a road-going hypercar or designed specifically for the series and then a road-going variant created of it. Whereas LMDH, Mm -hmm. as we've discussed, you're very much you're going to Dallara, Ligier, Orica, buying an LMP2 chassis and putting your bodywork, much like IndyCar, to be honest, because IndyCar, they have a common chassis. I love IndyCar. And the manufacturers put their engine and their aero kit on it, don't they? Yeah, so it's yes, much the same. Well, not not, not the not the aero kit anymore. Well, that but, was yeah, the original concept. And I think that's much the same way that DPI and LMDH have been designed to work. For the benefit of our, of our listeners, um, where me and Al disagree and agree to disagree is where the the chassis provider comes from uh with regards to a manufacturer and a chassis provider because obviously back in the day we say that delara for example would make cars for people uh courage for example would have peugeot backing etc the problem that we have which is where i think we disagree with some people is that lmp2 cars which is what these lmdhs are based on they you're, you're only allowed to pick from four uh Providers, Delara, who else is it? Says Orica, Ligier, and Multimatic. I think. Is that right? I believe you're right. Yes, I think Dome was talking about it at one point, but I don't think they got approved no. for it. But that's that's the problem we have. So you can only pick from those four. You don't have a choice. You can't go to Ginetta. You can't go to Dome. You can't go to. Um, whoever else, by college, for example, if you wanted to get one of their cars, you have to pick those four. And if LMDH goes down that route and locks out Ginetta, locks out by college, it makes it not unfeasible, but it makes it unappealing. To Yeah, see, it doesn't stop it being feasible from the point of view of the manufacturers competing in it. I think, especially the ones in North America, so Cadillac, Mazda, Acura, hmm. I think they'd still very much be interested. However, from a personal point of view, it kind of it pulls the heart out of it, in my mind, because you don't have a car that is a Cadillac, is a Mazda. Even if they haven't because as we've discussed it's not uncommon when you develop a prototype race car to go to an experienced chassis producer and get them to produce a chassis either with or for you but you see that's where i'm I'm okay with lmdh because if regardless of the chassis say say they open up say you can have a genetta if you want if you can then stick your porsche or your ferrari engine in there what is the difference if you can pick whatever you want and stick the engine in, how is it any different? It, it, you know, it is a Ferrari. The, no one ever says the Triple Three SP is not a Ferrari. You mean the Dallara Ferrari? Yeah, no one ever calls it that. Everyone knows that as the Ferrari Triple Three SP. <laughs> Bless you, Chris. I think a big part of the difference there, to be honest, is how the chassis have been designed. I view, and this is the thing, I very much get why manufacturers are interested in dpi in lmdh 
in the current climate, they make sense from a point of view of return on investment. However, I view it very much as it's like copying someone's homework and then writing <laughs> your name on it. Oh, that's what you Rebellion happen... do. Sorry? That's what Rebellion do with their LMP1 car. Yeah, but Rebellion, especially with the one that then became the Orica 05, yeah. Rebellion commissioned that chassis from Orica. And then a year later, uh, my guess is by mutual agreement between the two parties, mm. it became an LMP2 chassis. It wasn't designed as a customer car. The car Rebellion got in that first year was designed for them. Whereas what LMDH is saying is go pick up any of these chassis and just pop your engine in it. The manufacturers aren't they're not having a say in what their car really is. Their car is essentially the bodywork and the engine. That is what constitutes their car in LMDH. We should say at the time, at the time of recording, we're not entirely certain of whether LMDH will have a branch out of chassis or not. This is, a, this is more us, the fact that we don't like the LMP2 class at the moment and the way that they do it by locking out everyone else. And I also but, don't like the current DPIs, but we disagree on that one. We disagree on quite a lot of things. We do. That's that's why we get to have uh, discussions. Chris and Sam. <laughs> so, thank you for patiently. Right. So, no problem. Back to this. So, you were saying, Chris, I think it was Chris was saying, you want a Porsche to be a Porsche. Uh, yeah. It has to be a Porsche, and it has to be as if Porsche had made the effort to enter, as opposed to. Uh, we'll just take somebody's chassis, we'll put our own engine in it, and then put some stickers. So, would you obviously you'd probably then prefer Porsche to go to the hypercar um, route rather than LMDH? Yeah, who doesn't want to see a nine a nine eleven hypercar? Not maybe not the the um, is it the nine one nine nine one eight? What's the road thinking of nine one eight? Nine one eight. Thank you. You know, not the nine one eight turned into a hypercar. A full blown from the ground up, like the Porsche... Is it the 911 GT2? No, you're thinking of the 911 GT1. Which wasn't a 911 at all. Sorry, GT1. Which wasn't... No, but something like that, where it's built from the ground up, it looks like a Porsche. You just have to look at it and you're like, boom, that's a Porsche. It sounds like a Porsche. It's designed by a Porsche. Something like that. But current. Yeah, and I think that's very much what Hypercar was going for. I think... Yeah. But it's the problem so hypercars had, it's cheaper than the current LMP1 rules. I what? Think... It's not, it can't possibly be cheaper to make a production line of a whole load of cars for the road. It can't possibly be cheaper to do that. I mean... The, yeah, this is what I'm thinking. The development of the car, yes, maybe. But then you have to produce the how many do you have to cars. Because the away. thing is, a lot of these it's companies... Hundreds. Is it hundreds? Yeah, you've got to produce a set, a minimum set number. I can't remember what it is, but it's it's in the hundreds. Okay, then that. So realistically, are they going to be doing that? Are they going to want to have to do that? This is why I thought maybe an adaptation of the nine one eight would work better in the same way that the Vulcan, mm. uh, the, the the Valkyrie, sorry, the Aston Martin Valkyrie, has kind of been developed in inverted commas as a road car but with those regs in mind and they haven't hidden away from the fact they are wanting to do this series 
that's kind of what the car is for. But they didn't announce that first. They kind of announced the car first and then said that we're doing this series with well, it. Well, I don't know. I, I, I genuinely think the Valkyrie was just their own thing. It just so happened that the WEC went, oh, that's actually quite a good idea. We, well, maybe we can do yeah, something Yeah, I very like much yeah, And maybe I, it's not the best idea. Maybe it's not the best example then. But someone like Toyota, for example, are going to have to yeah, build I these cars. That. Yeah, they have to homologate. They are going to be road legal. I yeah. see the point so, there. I think yeah, expanding on the Chris point, the point Chris made, I think when the WEC organisers wrote these rule sets, you had cars coming out of Ferrari, McLaren, Porsche, Aston Martin, mm-hmm. Mercedes. Koenigsegg. Yeah, you had them producing these, well, hypercars that were yeah. these weird, basically just experimental platforms. And I think the idea very much was to try and bring those together seeing as the manufacturers seem to have a willingness to do these was to give them an opportunity to maybe do more with them and give them a chance to race them i think where it's kind of had its downfall is you've got manufacturers like ferrari who have no intention of racing an lmp1 I know no. there's always rumours kicking around about Ferrari entering LMP1. They won't do it. Yeah, let's they be honest. Wish. The only reason rumours of Ferrari going into LMP1 exist is because Ferrari wants something from the Formula 1 Teams Association or from the FIA for Formula 1. That yeah. is it. The rumours of Ferrari entering LMP1 are nothing more than a bargaining chip for Formula One. Well, exactly. Look at, I mean, going back again to the Triple Three SP, it's not a fully funded Ferrari. It wasn't. It was a customer car. Yeah. It was, I it was... think that was also a lot more popular in North America than it ever was yeah. in Europe. Um, That's the point. And then, yeah, but, yeah, you've got other manufacturers in that. So you've got Porsche who are talking about it, but Porsche took a slight step back after the Dieselgate scandal. You've then got manufacturers like mclaren who well, you I, will admit, I have a lot of hostility towards mclaren and lamar in the last yeah. 20 years because there's been multiple times both with gte and with hypercar where mclaren have sort of come forward and said yes we're seriously evaluating this where you know we're gonna do it because they talked about it with the mp 412 c racing at lamar in gte and it came to that, nothing. About seven, that was about seven years ago, wasn't it? More than that, I think. But yeah, it, it came to nothing at all. McLaren talk... I mean, McLaren don't even seem to get consistent number of GT3 cars on the grid. And let's face it, all <laughs> they have to do for that is make the race car and then sell it. They don't actually have to do any running of it. They McLaren always seem to talk the talk, but pull out. Then you... Well, so didn't it. There's, then, then there's Nissan. <laughs> Let's not talk about Did Nissan. Did Nissan ever discuss hypercar? No, they... it was a talk about Porsche not slugging off Nissan. <laughs> yeah, we, did, we did agree that before the chat. Yeah, I think Nissan well, are just kind of hiding in a corner in Japan, just no, no, hoping no, we they... forget what happened in 2015. There's, they also hope they forget that they were going to have the Nissan GTR on, on GT grids. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's still definitely happening. That did happen for a what GTE? Yeah, everyone was saying, "Yeah, get well, the GTE." Give them credit. Yeah. 
We've got we're not we're not we're not here as far as I'm aware. We're not here to moan about Nissan. We've moaned about Nissan enough. Come on, John. You know, if you're going to slag them off, do it properly. Anyway, and then I think I think the final nail that kind of brought LMDH into the WEC discussion is the financial difficulties that Aston Martin have found themselves in. Because at that point, you're getting less certainty in that hypercar grid. The only people who I think are seriously committed and aren't in trouble right now are Toyota and Bicols, who my boyfriend still maintains are a money laundering front based on how much money they must lose. Bicols are the best team who have ever lived, and they are going to win Le Mans one day. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think in the current climate, manufacturers are a lot more averse to taking the plunge and taking the risk. And I think what LMDH offers them is a safe haven. I don't know if Porsche will go through with it. I'd be interested to see Porsche go through with it. I'd be interested to see other manufacturers go through with it. Well, I am... let's keep within the Volkswagen Audi group. Lamborghini have been making, if anything, even louder shouts about going to LMDH. That or I something similar. Actually, seen the Lamborghini brand, I could definitely see. Again, I could see it suiting the hypercar class realistically, but That's I could I mean. see. Yeah, I... but they're looking at LMDH. I don't, I'm just like, why? I think... What have Lamborghini got to gain? <laughs> Apart from being, you know, kicking Ferrari in the face, going, "Yeah, come on, then we can do Le Mans." Essentially. Yeah, but Lambo don't do much racing. Well, apart let's from, face it, they are no, they win the, GT3. Well, they have the, the GT3, but again, the GT3 is an adapted road car. Let's face it. I know it's not that close to the road car, but they've had to make the road car. But first. it's still a kick in the, it's, still, it's still a FU to Ferrari, isn't them. it? Every time they beat them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that is essentially what the Trofeo is—the Super Trofeo that only uses the Lamborghini Cup car for, in inverted commas, um, is the Ferrari Challenge kicking mm. that in the face, really, isn't it? Um, but what I do think is, yes, Lamb- team people like Lamborghini, realistically, Porsche as well, should do hyper. But if the I would rather have in the top class eight to ten manufacturers, even if some of them are in the DPI or the LMDH. or whatever it ends up being called, um, LMDH, with a, a race car that is competitive that they can then use all over the world in IMSA as well as in the World Endurance Championship. And that's another thing as well. They'll be able to do both races. They can go and try I mean, and win in fairness, the only reason hour. they haven't been able to do um, that for years was partly because of NASCAR and Grand Am. It's <laughs> it's largely been awkwardness on the American side, I think, more than it has an unwillingness on the other side. Well, Grand Am's long dead now. Or if you can am, never mind. Both of them, to be honest. Yeah. Don't think you're thinking of can so, am. Um, so... But I do think it's it's a more intriguing prospects i know they're not full-blown porsches but if they relaxed the chassis 
I think um, rules and said you can use whatever P2 chassis you want as long as you've developed the engine. And then they maybe say the gearbox as well. You have to have your own gearbox. Would that be? Yeah, would Chris, that suit would you better? I think that's getting closer to it personally, but I don't see them relaxing the chassis rules. I don't think there's a willingness on the rulemakers' side, and I don't think it starts going away from the reason they made DPI, LMDH, all of this, is it's easy, it's cheap, or relatively cheap. <laughs> it would still, I think it would still be cheap, though, because you'd have more options. So the chassis manufacturers... Well, look at it this way. Charge quite they, as much because they would want as many anyway. customers as they can get. No, it's than... more than that. It's more than that. You also have a limit exactly. on the number of changes you can do to a chassis uh, year on year. So that's why I think it's ridiculous only having four options. Because if you, you're limited on, on what you can do year to year and they're being balanced out anyway, there's and there's a cost cap. They've got all three of those things in place. There's there'll be no point, say, someone like. I don't know, just say for Genesis, for example, um, you know, putting billions of pounds into it and, and developing the best thing because they'll just get pegged back like Cadillac did in, in IMSA eventually. Well, not just that. We've seen a problem. While LMP2 that these DPs are based on is it's been a very good category for teams in the competition between them. The problem mm. we've seen, though, is the Delara didn't start off as a very good chassis. Not initially, no. Um, not, not, it. Uh, not over here, anyway. And because you're limited on the number of changes you can make to it, how many Delaras do we see at Le Mans? None. We how see, many Multimatics uh, the, do we jump, see? We see. We do see none of those. We do see the Jumbo Delara. I think for this year they've actually swapped to an Orica. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. It <laughs> when you limit it that much. The problem is it ends up becoming a spec class. There is the occasional Ligier. But LMP2 mm. is pretty much an Orica class, isn't it? These days. And I think... Because DPI hasn't been going on for that long. I think DPI's got less chance of that happening. But you're still... I think you're quite likely to find yourself in the point where if you've got more than four manufacturers, you're obviously going to have two of them using the same chassis underneath. And yeah, if that's you're... where the bodywork comes Sorry? in. Sorry? That's where that's where the different the the increased diversity in the bodywork comes in for the new LMDH class. Yeah, but they're still the same you car know, you... underneath. Well it depends if it's like it is right now where you can if you look beyond the nose, they're the same car. That's not good enough. If it's more than that, if it's, you know, wings and fenders and that sort of thing, that that makes it more uh Digestible. Well, this is the thing. They're allowed to change the wings and the fenders on the car. The reason... But they don't. <laughs> yeah, the reason that the back end of the Cadillac looks so much like the back end of the Dallara it's based on is it's purely because there's a limited number of ways you can shape the back of a prototype car. I mean, if we look yeah. at the rear sections of the 919, the TSO50 and the R18, yeah, they are different, but they're not so dramatically different that if you painted them all white 
<laughs> they all were white. <laughs> Bad example. If they didn't have the stickers on them, <laughs> they're not mm. that instantly able to tell apart. Also... Yes, they are. They've got. They've no. They've got different brakes. I would. I would agree. No. <laughs> okay, but if you all just right. had the bodywork, if you took all the electronics and everything out of the rear end, you would. You. Well, then you get then you get the disqualified for not having the you... car or good to park for that, mate. Well, all right, you, <laughs> you know what I mean, though, Sean. If what they realistically, yes, I I agree with you. To be honest, if they relaxed some of the aero rules, so you could do a bit more, maybe scrap the development stoppage and say. Once you've homologated your chassis that season, I mean that's what they've got at the moment. Yeah, but then you have that for this. You're allowed one Evo kit per year, I think. Yeah. The thing is, I again that these are things that I think would make LMDH more palatable to people like me and to Chris, who's been suspiciously quiet. Um, yeah, I'm just listening. <laughs> He's enjoying himself. The problem there is. Chris has gone to our lunch. Essentially, the opposite of why DPI and LMDH exist in the first place. Yes, because you are then adding cost, which is, yeah, you say, so... is not what the DPIs are about. But you won't be adding cost. From, from a, a pure fan's point of view, from purely a, pa- a fan's point of view, uh, ignoring all of the engineering bias that that I have, for example, um, I all I would like to see is ten manufacturers. You've never had that. Model. No. I, but if but think about the, the team, mid nineties, if you five or so, I six. think six. Thing is. Okay, but even for example, the thing is, we're in an age where this is. I think LMDH will come up on out on top compared to hypercar. It it can't not. Yes, it's it's a better package by a long way. It's the package with the better business case, and I think we see this in a lot of top flight series. So. In 2015, we looked like we were about to hit a new golden age in sports car racing. Unfortunately, what then happened is someone fell flat on their face and someone <laughs> broke Just the law. I, I did not name names. Someone fell flat on their face, someone else broke the law. And because of that, mm-hmm. we lost multiple teams. But it's a challenge that every championship is going through. and Because, I mean, if we look at F1 very briefly... How many manufacturers are there? So they're a manufacturer that produces cars and they produce their F1 car. Realistically, you have Mercedes, Ferrari, and you're going to have Aston Martin. No, Red Bull are an F1 manufacturer. Mm. Red Bull are a Honda manufacturer. They're partnering with. No, but it's not the Honda F1 team. It's the Red Bull Renault. Oh, sorry, it's the Red Bull Honda. You see my point. F1, realistically, right now, has two manufacturers. Renault. Three. Renault. Yes, I forgot Renault. And Mercedes. Renault, Mercedes, McLaren. Yeah. uh, Um, Do they count? Really? Actually, yeah, let's count McLaren. Still, they're not exactly flush for manufacturers, are they? 
And True. it's not compared not compared well, to when no. I started yeah. watching. And it's a struggle that every series is going through. And if you look at the series that are succeeding, they're the series that give an easy business yeah, TCR, TCR GT three and FE. They are the series that provide oh. an easy business case to their manufacturers, and that's what LMDH is. I don't like it, but I've made my peace with the fact it's going yeah. to be sports car racing for five or so years. I, I just... don't see a problem with LMDH. I think it's I... great. It's going to be basically LMP1 again. But it's not. It's it going is. to be GT3, but faster. No, it's yes, not. It but But do we think... But do we think that the main reason they're still that they've announced this merger between Hyper and LMDH is because they'd already they'd already said, yeah, the hypercars are going to be incredible, they're going to be wicked, and then well, no one's did... really got on board with it, and they kind yeah, of people got on That's board the with it. They said they're going to do it, and then Aston Martin ran out of money. McLaren did what they always did with Lamar, and no one else showed up to the party. Well, it's that. It's the fact that they went, oh, this, this, this is, is really good. I mean. Oh, but this option's millions of pounds cheaper. Yeah. Essentially, yes. They didn't they, look at I think what when else hyper, there was. When before, Hypercar was being developed, with the idea. I think everyone still thought that IMSA and the ATO are still going to be like, you know, fit two fingers to one another as they have been for the last decade. And that's now... Yeah. So what we're saying... Essentially, what we're saying here is that the hypers actually probably isn't. I didn't think it was going to be good in the first place. It would. I did. LMDH because it's LMP1. LMDH will work. It doesn't, but needs tweaking. And but but if you think no, but if you think that LMDH, if hypercar wasn't mm. there and it was the top class, there could be there more could, freedom. But there wouldn't the be because, because that it would defeat the, the ethos of it. But you could you could add a few. Yeah, but they would say whatever P2, P2 chassis you like, and then so you increase range. it. You allow Janetta to homologate their chassis for it. You allow Bicolors to have their sh- their chassis. Yeah, you allow Glickenhaus. Well, Glick- look, look, poor old Glickenhaus. How much money do you think they've well. spent on on their car, which is now going to be bloody useless? Well, yeah, this is the. This I, is I the feel problem. really sorry for them. This is the problem, but we see this. I yeah I do because they're a small they're company a coach builder. as well. They're not like a multi-billion-pound company. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. they do make I mean, some. Really, I mean, them, really them nice and by colours again, absolutely well. screwed um, by the, by this. Yeah, but at least well, by colours have got a P one car. Well, that no, uses they... the right chassis that they could, in theory, they could. No, they could because it's an LMP one designed chassis, and the current. It's too. It's too. It's, it's a different width. The oh, LMDH is, is a different okay. width. I read. That's why that's fair why enough. the Janetta no, um, isn't allowed to be um, brought forward much further up, up after the grandfathering because it's a different spec entirely. It's just, it's, I'm really. We've been frustrated by Lamar and ACO and endurance racing for so long <laughs> because they just. Don't, they don't ever make decisive decisions, the rule makers. Um, it's been years we've been waiting for the hypercar stuff to be done. And, you know, suddenly they just go, mm, now, here we go. We, we're we're going to have all this. And this, these are the rules. Oh, you've got like two months to get it done. 
oh no wait actually now we're gonna now we're gonna allow LMDH which is way cheaper. Yeah. I think the thing and, there as uh, well though, when they were writing the hypercar regulations, option. I don't think they were doing it in isolation. I think they were doing it with a lot of talking to manufacturers about manufacturers wanted. So they said people like McLaren came in and said, we want this, we want that. And then when it's been, the compromise has been reached, they've looked at it and gone, nah, we're not going to race at all. But is that the problem as well? They should have just said, this is the rule. Potentially. Who knows? Go and build a car. Yeah, and it's basically in F1, what it's led to is essentially a cartel. You have a small Mm -hmm. group of teams that basically exclude anyone else from being able to win. Chris. Yeah. Yes. Let me let me put it to you this way. If a level playing field is brought on by these LNDHs. Privateers can basically buy their... Like like the IMSA teams right now, the Cadillac team, which is run by whoever. If they can compete with a manufacturer, does that solve the problem of endurance racing and the money factor that's driving the rule set? It'll never solve anything. Nobody will ever be 100% happy with an idea, will they? As uh, as I think it's Al said, you know, too many... Oh, is it Sam? Sam said, said too many cooks spoil the broth. Yeah, Sam said too many cooks spoil the broth. And yeah, you, I said. You know, you're absolutely right because you can't unless you have a dictatorship in that you've got one person who says this is the idea. You either go with it or you can go somewhere else and make your own race series. Because let's be honest, if you did say that and your series became I don't know, popular, for instance, a lot of manufacturers will turn around and go, actually. We might, we might, we might build this. Is essentially what happened with GT3? And IndyCar. Well, exactly. You've got somebody went, This is what the rules are. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. And funny enough, there's nowhere else to go. So (laughs) you may as well build a car. And I don't see why you, if you want, can you name another series that does endurance racing other than, say, the GT3s in the world? The World Cup. You could say the V8 supercars, but, but that's not really endurance racing. That's just they just have endurance yeah. events. So if you want, yeah, Super well, GT, yeah, uh, Super GT does endurance racing, but it's its own set of regulations. But funny enough, someone dictated that's what the regulations were going to well, be, and they were. And how many there, manufacturers? They're brilliant. They had the same problem. They tried to do a technical partnership with another series. It's taken. Mm. Has that fallen through the floor? Sorry, fell through the floor. Did the the whole. It was yeah. A1 show. Yeah, yeah tried to do a technical partnership with another series, and what they've ended up with is watering down the reason the people loved that series in the first place and tied themselves to a series mm. where you're losing manufacturers at this point. No, you only don't like it if you're Chris. What's that? The class yes. one. Because Super GT is fantastic. Don't like the way they implemented it. I prefer the pre twenty fifteen Super GTs, and I wish they brought that into DTM more than brought DTM into Super GT. But that's a discussion for another day. But this was, but this was another case of manufacturers going at, sitting at a table and going, "We don't like what you're doing, so please do it our way." Even though it 
destroys and affects the way that you run your series. But because we're manufacturers, you have to do it our way. Whereas if it's the other way around, where Super GT went, no, if you want to join our series and be a collaboration, you have to do it our way. I mean, the three Japanese manufacturers seem to be perfectly happy with the old style Super GT for years. It was only when the... Well, yeah, exactly. They were happy to do their own thing. I mean, GT300 is still pretty good. Yeah, but they have GT3 cars in which ruins it anyway. <laughs> yeah, they get thrashed. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's somebody, it does smell of, of just somebody saying, look, if you want to do endurance racing, you have to follow these rules. If you don't like it, go make your own. Good luck. Unfortunately, though, with the World Endurance Championship and how the progression it had, I, I think it grew too quickly in many ways. Back from when, when I was watching in 2008, and it was a tiny little series that just had Le Mans. That was great, but the rest of it, no one cared. And then World Endurance Championship comes along, and you just see the exponential crowd growth for you know, every other event, which isn't Le Mans. And then all of a sudden, they're like, hmm, we need money. All of a sudden, all the money's dried up from Volkswagen Audi Group. Privateers don't pay the bills for sponsorship for everything else. What the fuck do we do? <laughs> And that's 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 and the promise then of manufacturers like McLaren, Nissan, Pagani. Who knows? That that that'd have been cool. Um, and you know, everyone else who's that would have gone, been really oh, cool. We, we quite like this idea that we that we've cooked up. We're not going to commit to it, but we like this idea. If you were to consider it and maybe put it in your rule set, uh, then maybe we'll get loads of money towards you. I think that's the problem. And Porsche, who instigated the problem in a not necessarily through their own fault because it was Volkswagen and their systems. But they were part of the problem for the WEC, which has then caught, ended up ended up where we are today. And uh, that's time, really. Well, the, my, my last... Go for it, Chris. Seems, seems Chris only had four lines in this whole podcast. <laughs> I know. My, my, my only thing is... <laughs> Uh, when this outset, when these rule sets were made, Toyota went, we're going to do it. Yep. Glickenhaus went, we're going to do Mike it. Hollis. Mike Hollis went, we're going to do it. Then the people pissed around. And guess who's still going to do it? Toyota's still going to do it. Glickenhaus is going to do it. And Mike Hollis is going to do it. Nobody else is. So when you dictated the rules and said, this is the rule set, you had three manufacturers doing it. When you tried to spread it out and said, oh, well, we'll get some input from other manufacturers. Funny enough, none of the other manufacturers want to do it. But the ones that originally said they'd do it under the dictated rules are going to do it. So even if you muddied the waters and give other people the opportunity to have input, you're still ending up with the same result. I agree. So personally, it should just be, do these rules, crack on. If it goes really successful, other manufacturers will join because they've got nowhere else to go. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree completely with Chris. It- yeah, it does that. seem that there's been a lot of faffing around with people like McLaren for absolutely no payoff because they've just flaked out on it. Sam? Yeah, well, yeah. Essentially that. I mean, all, all we want is big grids. Irrespective mm. of what category <laughs> there is, you need a big I don't uh, I don't you, well, you want a big I don't want the whole fucking grid to, to be LP2 cars yeah. and GTs I'd big. say No I, I agree with that but 
if you had a top class of whatever it ends up being, um, <laughs> for example, we'll just go with LMP World because we want to. We want to have teeth. because that's what it is currently. If you had twice as, yeah, if you had twice as many LMP One cars as you currently do, that would be a good thing, wouldn't it? Let's face it. Um, the grids would be enormous because it's multi-class racing. They're pretty big anyway. Um, but I mean, it's we we kind of said this with um, when we were discussing like GTE and saying how it kind of excludes new manufacturers coming in because they don't want to spend the cost to run the factory team. Whereas if they did GT3 as opposed to GTE or had a bolt-on GTE upgrade that would make things a lot easier and you'd see a lot more different manufacturers in the world endurance championship. Um, I think that's a, probably a better way of doing it. And if you could sell your customer cars in hyper as well, um, presumably that is in the regs that if Porsche or bike or Glickenhaus or whoever can sell their customer cars as racing cars, then there's, there's that income which makes it possibly more feasible for manufacturers and then they will be more intrigued by it. But I think if you don't allow that or there's no market for that, then the LMDH is the Which is why it's option. probably going to succeed. But that's that's it really. That's uh that's our yeah. little it's sort of a test case for the for this podcast uh platform we're using. Thank you to Anchor for making it. Uh and uh, yeah, it seems to have worked pretty fine. No, um, that's mm, so yeah, yeah. That's gonna, that's been our discussion about uh, Porsche, Le Mans, LMDH, Hypercar. We've been meaning to do this for a while, but about a year <laughs> we went out this sort of discussion, but it kept changing. So we uh, didn't really have a. Yeah, I just thought this discussion was mostly a, meant uh... to be about Porsche, wasn't it? <laughs> I think we mentioned yeah. them about twice. Yeah, it's yeah, not but, really yeah. ended up being about Porsche. You know what's going to happen now after we record this tomorrow? Oh, do we need to do this again about no, that better not happen. Then. And all of this will be pointless. But oh, no, oh, let's, well. not, let's not discuss that. Right, that's going to do it if this is W Chronicles. <laughs> Thank you very much to Chris, Sam, and Al for joining me. Just no Sam. problem. <laughs> that's no, good, though. Yeah. Right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Take care and goodbye. <laughs>